Are the lazy book lovers. I'm oh. Tony. <laughs> I'm Natalie. I've done it out of order. I was not ready at all with that, was I? <laughs> uh, yes, welcome. <laughs> I'm like, we should get a video of like the different rubbish openings <laughs> we've oh, done God. and get people to vote on their favourite. Compilation. Just go them. straight in. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <sighs> Hi. <laughs> How you doing? So today we were going to do our what we've been reading recently, but we've neither of us have been reading. <laughs> it's been a bit of an interesting month for both of us, mm. and neither of us have really read that much, but that's the point of this. It's Lazy Book Lovers, because sometimes you just don't get time to read, and it's all when, good. When you messaged me, it was like, I've only read like one book, and I was like, have I even read one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finished it because I'm not enjoying it and I don't know oh, whether to yeah. do a you I'm really struggling yeah, you need a rant about it don't you right so for context I have been reading These Violent Delights which is a big TikTok book it's also on the TikTok spicy list spicy you know like oh, the spicy yes, books yeah. yeah 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 that was I yet keep to... getting it mixed up with the other one yeah. that looks similar yeah the same cover because obviously yeah. I've got the dust sheet off haven't mm. I you can sort of see, if you grab it, you can see where my bookmark is. I would actually know nothing as spicy has happened so far. Oh, but you've only got And I'm 100 pages, 100 pages from the end. Yeah. Oh, that was a good guess. Yeah, about, I would think, give or take. Oh, so unless it's 100 pages of full-on smart, I don't know what's going on there. Well, like, with what's happening in the plot, I don't see at what point they'd have an opportunity. Huh, that's strange. Um, is this the one that's like Romeo and Juliet retelling type? thing in Tokyo or something? Am I making that Yeah, no, or... you're not completely off base. So it's Roma Montagov and Juliet Kane. Mm. It's in Shanghai. Oh yeah, that was it. They're Shanghai. in opposing gangs. So Roma is in a Russian gang and then Juliet is in a, the Scarlet Gang. And she's Chinese, but she's been given a Western name and because she went and stayed in America, mm-hmm. she just, everyone has her Western name and doesn't say her Chinese name at all. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know it, I think, at this point. So, if the history that it's talking about, bear in mind, like, we're going to ignore the supernatural elements in this book and I'll get the to that in a second. Yeah. Oh, did you say who it was by? Chloe, Chloe Gong. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Because anyone wants to read it based on Tony's... Uh... Glowing review. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if the history in it is correct, it is kind of interesting. Because it's the 1920s in Shanghai, just, like, around when the kind of opium den kind of crisis happened. Oh. Which is obviously was engineered by the British. Oh, well, shocking. No, no. Or it's, it's post that or in the thick of it. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I have done no research. Well, if Besides you're not enjoying a book. book either, you're not going to be inclined to do any research. Right? Yeah, so it's sort of to do with like British colonialism in, in Shanghai, and then the French are also there, and then the Americans, and just... Sounds like a lot. Yeah. And then this is when communism's starting to take off. So it's all to do with that kind of stuff, and that, okay. that kind of history would be interesting if the story wasn't the rest so of the book it's boring. Oh... It's like for, for opposing gangs on paper like, this should be so interesting yeah. so right not only is this all this gang tension so Yulia and Roma obviously have had a thing mm. in the past oh okay currently not in not really 
okay. Without spoilers. No, not really. They had a thing in the past, but there's a blood feud between the gangs that's been going on for centuries, and it got reignited, which is why they broke up, and why she was sent to America and stuff like that. Okay. So given that, so that should be quite interesting. And then also there's like a supernatural weird plague making its way through Shanghai. So there's a monster that keeps coming out from the river. Yeah. Or they like kind a of monster thing. No. Just a monster. A, like monster a weird monster. Yeah, lots of the descriptions of the monster are quite vague. Okay, that sounds cool. Perhaps deliberately to yeah. make it scarier. Yeah, exactly. But from it are these weird bugs that burrow into people's skulls and make them go mad and Ugh. rip their own throats out. Ugh. No. So oh, again, should that's, be interesting. That's making me think of like, you know, the original mummy films and the little scarab beetles that yeah. under the skin. Ah, no. So like <laughs> people that have, they've like done um, autopsies of people that have died from this mysterious like mad plague. Mm. And then they slice open their skulls and all these bugs came out. Oh. So it's like they're literally like in people's brains making them go mad. Oh, I'd love to see that in a film. So then, <laughs> on paper, should be good. Yeah. And there's a lot going on here. So basically, there's like rising tensions between the two gangs, and then the Communist Party is taking off, and then there's also all the foreign people who are trying to take over Shanghai, mm. and there's bits of like land that's foreign controlled, Scarlet Gang controlled, that's Russian controlled, like all of this is going on. And then this mad plague starts taking off, and Roma and Yulia decide to work together even though they're on opposing teams and that their parents who are still alive who are in charge of the, the gangs are like couldn't give a shit about this plague so their parents are the ones in charge yeah like, like prince and princess of the gangs yes exactly <laughs> they're both set to inherit but oh. are like not quite the perfect heir so that's why their parents are horrible to them mm. so it's all probably how they found each other mm. So it's all meant to be quite good stuff up to this point. Okay. Um, it's just not not vibrant. And I don't know how someone does all those things and makes it boring. <laughs> it's like it's them <laughs> two Chloe Gong has done it. <laughs> it's them two like doing detective work to try and figure out the source of the plague. Well, that sounds fun, like skullduggery vibes. Yeah. Still boring as hell. Oh no. <laughs> um I mean, this... you've been reading that all month, right? I'm really struggling with it. I'm kind of... It's put you in a slump, though. Yeah. But I want to also want to know how it ends. But I know there's a second book, so I know I'm not going to know. So I don't know whether to just give up at this point. But I've never given up 100 you, pages from the you're end. You're not going to pick up the second book, though, are you? No. So... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe just give up. Or just force yourself to just power through one night. Yeah, I mean, it's 100 pages. That's like a couple hours work for me, if yeah. that. <laughs> but I've just said work, because that's really, how it feels. Yeah, I feel really obliged. <laughs> Oh my god, that's crazy. So yeah, I never got to read um, Priory of the Orange Tree, which I wanted to read this month. I'm like 50 pages into it. I just... This month has not been a good reading month for me at all. I've listened to a lot of podcasts this month. Mm. That's been sort of where my vibe's been going. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been... Well, my whole family's had like some sickness bug. You just have, you've had a cold and then you had a bug and then it's just been a long COVID still kicking your butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this has not been a... I like tried to lay down and read the other day and like I, I couldn't, like, I felt really dizzy. I just couldn't keep my eyes straight, so I was mm. just like, no. Yeah, so I'm about 50 pages into Priority of the Orange Tree. So far, 
Yeah. It's like it's really smoothly written. I okay. I don't know if that is a, is a a proper way of describing like, writing, but it's just really nicely paced. It's quite nice to yeah. read. Like it's just like doo, 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 it flows. Really yeah, well. I know what you mean. Like, yeah. I can have like even I've read books that are like terrible plot, but they're just so like flow mm. so nicely that you can kind of see past yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like um, I don't know. It's like a little poetry <laughs> not quite like the rhythm you know of the I mean? words yeah yeah it just it's, it's really nice like i read those pages in one night yeah and yeah i tried to yeah. s- describe that at uni and i got absolutely like persecuted yeah. by the tutors for it of like what does that mean and i was like it's, it's just a it's just a vibe it's just a vibe <laughs> <laughs> so i don't actually know if i've finished anything this one i don't know did i talk about the binding before because I think I finished that after our last update. Uh, I don't have any memory, um, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so I'm doing this um, round robin with eight other people where we all picked a book and we sent it out to each other. I think I've described this on the podcast mm. before. And then each month we get the next one, like we annotate it. And then at the end of it, all I will get Starla C back with eight people's annotations mm. in it. So I read The Binding in January uh, by Bridget Collins. And it was so emotional. It was really, really good. What's it about? So good. So it's kind of like I don't. I don't know if I have described this or not. So apologies if you've listened to a previous episode. And I no, I don't think you have. Um, so it's set in like a alternative Victorian London almost type vibe. Okay. It's in a world where there's these binders that people kind of see as witches, and basically, if you're born as a binder you have this ability that people if people tell you something like a memory you can bind it in a book and they lose that memory okay so you like take the memory away basically and Mm. then it's a book so in this world no one reads books they're like dangerous things okay obviously you get those binders that do it just to help people so you pay to have a bad memory or whatever taken away but then you have some that are just in it for the money obviously so they like create copies of it and sell it to collectors who want to read about other people's memories and stuff and then like you have people in the world that are you know like hard up on cash so they sell their entire life story so they can okay buy interesting so you follow this guy Emmett in three parts at the beginning of the story he is living on his family farm and they're all talking about how he's had this illness and he's been ill for about a year Mm. and he doesn't know what happened to him and then he eventually this local binder says to his parents that that they want to have him as an apprentice and his parents like well we can't afford to not send you Mm. even though no one trusts binders blah blah so they send Emmett to be an apprentice and it's got a lot of like in-depth talk of him like making the end pages and like all that which is really yeah, nice to read yeah <laughs> and he's just doing that and obviously some things happen he comes across a book with his name on it oh and then the middle part of the book is him getting that memory back and then the final part of the book is him dealing with the aftermath of oh sounds a bit it's intense so good it was the last part I just devoured and it, I went through every emotion. I cried so much. That sounds I, like it was really, really one good. for me. <laughs> mm. I actually have a copy as well, so if you Do want you? to borrow okay. it, yeah. 
It was really, really good. Add it to the pile. Strongly recommend. I got it up for my birthday like two years ago and I kept meaning to read it and I was so glad that I was taking part in this because mm, it meant that you wouldn't I... know if otherwise. Yeah, it would have just been like one of those, I will get to that, I will get to that. And I was so glad that this is an excuse to read it. The other one I read was an audio which I can't really talk about because it's like a middle series with Skull Skullduggery. Oh, uh, yeah. Which are mortal coil, is it? Yeah, there's a plant in the way, so you can't see. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's more... Actually, I might have the... Uh, I wrote it down, didn't I, for our year summary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you wrote down all the books you've been reading. I think it's Mortal Coil. Number five is Mortal Coil. Yeah. yeah. So I can't really talk about it much, but it was really good. It was really fun. For my birthday, which was the beginning of this month, I'm lucky enough to get the whole collection, so I'm very excited. It was like the start of a... What did you say? The arc runs to like maybe book eight or nine? Okay, so you are in... Because you're in Mortal Coil. Mm. So you're in the Deathbringer trilogy. So that's Dark Days, Mortal Coil, and then the, the sixth book, which is Deathbringer. Ah, which I started this morning. Yeah, so mm. this is all the stuff to do with... Dark Not No, not um. Dark uh, It's It's Dark as well. This is like... That runs overarching for quite a few. Oh, okay. This is... You know where the... I can't think of the words. No. <laughs> um, the people, necromancers. Yes, yeah. You know, they have their, what their version of their god is, or oh, like their the death Jesus, bringer death bringer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's all about the conclusion to all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's really About really whether good. Valkyrie is the death bringer or not, mm. what that has to do with Dark S or not. Yeah. And that is spoiler free. Yeah. Because of the way I've just phrased that. <laughs> yeah, so that was really, really fun. I finished it last night and was messaging Tony like, what? Uh, and then I started the next one this morning, and uh, at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, uh, Skullduggery's pretending to be a detective, and he's like, I'm detective me, <laughs> and that just made me laugh so much. <laughs> Doesn't it? He's just like, he says, is this when they're interviewing that guy? <laughs> yeah. He's like, journalist. I'm detective me. And then what does Valkyrie say she is? No, and then Valkyrie doesn't say anything. And he's like, who's the kid? And he's like, uh, she's here on work experience. <laughs> she's, she's training to be a detective because she's like 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. love the bits, the little bits where he writes their banter in are just so... F- I lo- just they're my favourite yeah, bits. Like when like they just the have little, conversations in the car or whatever. The little bits of their relationship that you see sometimes. Like, I like it. He's, he does write in, like, also conversations to do with, like, nothing to do with what they're, like, detecting yeah. or anything. They like, just normal conversations like get written when, in. Uh, Skullduggery wouldn't give her the Christmas present because it was a day after Christmas. And he, like, Boxing Day, and he's like, it's not Christmas anymore. You can't have your present. And then she gets him a hairbrush. Yeah. <laughs> And there was, like, one in the previous book. Oh, actually, it might have been at the beginning of this one where they, like, have a woman in a car that they're arresting and he's driving and he's, like, um, anything you say or whatever can be used or whatever their version of it is. And he's, like, do you understand? And then he looks in the mirror and he's, like, oh, she's still passed out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, like, yeah. You know where he says he's going to get Valkyrie a stick? Yeah. That comes up about three books later oh, and I'll, I'll just let me know when you get to it because <laughs> he does like literally get her a stick but in a different way and I can't wait <laughs> and I just it's those little callbacks to the so, oh. um, yeah so I, obviously I can't talk much about it but mm. it was really good like the obviously this is the start of the Kalen obsession yeah Um, he's now got that mm, is it a spoiler 
The spoiler-free version is there yeah. is a serum in existence that helps yeah. vampires stop them like transforming at night. Yes. So in this world, vampires transform into like beasts at night that have like no reason and just mm. are like, and they're also horrifying. They rip off the skin to turn into these yeah really so scary he's vampires. now got a hold of not only the serum but the the way of making it. Yeah, so he can make his own. So that's obviously going to be an ongoing thing with Kaylin. And so he can watch her all the time. Oh, yeah, because he loves watching her. <laughs> um, and I was really, like, surprised at the end with her and Fletcher. Mm. I just felt like over the course of that book, I was surprised that they were had survived as a couple. Yeah. Just because they went for a lot in that book. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that series. That's, like, mm. where I'm at in a minute. Yeah, Valkyrie's a big sister. I love this bit. Yeah. Oh, and she was just talking to her saying, like, oh, sometimes my reflection self looks after you and I don't like that. And I was like, oh. I read um, two graphic novels, um, because I'm trying to read all my graphic Mm. novels this year, called Cannibal. So I read volume one and two. They were pretty cool. You did better than me, man. Yeah, actually, now Mm. I'm talking about it, yeah. You did do quite a lot. Um, I haven't read anything. Well, I listened to an audio. (laughs) I finished one book. The graphic novels are really cool, so it's a setting, I can't even remember where now, it's like Louisiana or something. Yeah, um, it's, it's deep south. Of, yeah. yeah, it's like a hick town kind of vibe. Mm. That's, that's the vibe of the book. There's like some sort of, they don't really know where it is, but it's already happened at the start of the book that some people are like, they're like, it's kind of like zombies, okay. but they're not quite zombies. Like, they don't die. When they get okay. bitten, they get infected. Oh, so kind of like a little bit like vampire, I guess. But they yeah. are still humans. Okay. But if someone with this disease bites them, they then want to bite other people. And if they get, like, frenzied, they will rip people apart and, like, drink the blood and stuff. Like. Okay. Yeah, so it starts, this is already a known thing. And it's just about how, like, this small town kind of gets people coming in and stuff it was really cool what i read i've only got the first two volumes have you seen but... all this drama that was going on? i don't know i saw it on tiktok there was a person with a louisiana accent like a cajun accent mm. which is like an area of the south and then a bunch of people were like you're doing a black scent and like there's oh, all this yeah. stuff of people accusing her of putting yeah. on an accent and she was like honey everyone in the south sounds like this like my it, part of the south there was also someone who was a young girl who lives in london mm. but her family's like I can't remember where they're from, East, Eastern Europe somewhere. She has a London accent, you know, like mm, a yeah. a London accent. Yeah. And her parents don't, everyone's saying she was putting it on it. She's like, no, I, I grew up here, I went to school here. Like, yeah. this is how my, everyone at school spoke, but this is how people in London speak. Like. Yeah, and it's like, like, I get it with people, it's Americans commenting on English people's TikToks. And if it's like a white London, Londoner has grown up in an area with, which has that accent, which is a lot more mixed, and they have a different accent, and everyone's like, you're putting on that accent yeah. and stuff. And it's like, the British experience just different to yours. Yeah, I mean, I only came across that because I follow someone who's a London creator who's black, and she was talking about this person, yeah. saying, no, she just she's not putting on a black yeah. accent. She just speaks how we speak around here. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, everyone from that area speaks that way. It's not divided by race. No, it's no, just because of the you, area, lot, the accent of the area. A lot of what you, yeah, you originally pick up a lot of your accent from your parents, but then it's all about what TV you watch, what media you consume, who, and then very much who you go to school with. Well, we both have accents for where we come from. Yeah, but my parents aren't from here. 
No. They might have sort of picked it up a bit more. Like, if I hear them speaking to someone from where they used to be from, yeah. completely different accent, it's so funny. Because <laughs> my dad's, like, from London, from Tottenham. Mm. And then my mum is kind of Chesant sort of area. Yeah. So they have different accents. But when they slip into their old ones in front of friends, I'm like, you don't sound like well, that. <laughs> my mum's from London. And when I was at uni... Yeah. Um, when I used to come back home for the weekend, went back up, everyone would be like, why do you sound really yeah, that's London what I used to get. and common when you come back? And I'm like, because I've been around my mum for a weekend, so... And you see, I used to come back and they're like, they sound, you sound so Southern now. Yeah. And because I'd pick up the Northern twangs and they still kind of creep in now because I've got in a... Yeah. You really get a habit of saying something oh, a certain yeah. like, way. I still throw out Swedish and Maltese words. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially like sweet. Like Birmingham when they say, you're right, sweet. And I was like, mm. oh, bab. Bab's yeah. unfair babe to me. <laughs> But, like, sweet, how you doing? Like, you're right, sweet. I like that. But, like, when I was at uni, and in particular, obviously, when I was an international yeah. uni, I kind of flattened out my accent a bit. And that was. Oh, a, I have a different one for yeah, work. That was like a purposeful thing yeah. I did so that everyone could understand me a bit better. I am so much better spoken now than I was as a child. Same. And that has been a choice I made. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, or. On the reverse, when I worked in retail around here... Oh, my phone voice. <laughs> no, my phone voice, different, but yeah. retail voice, I, I can slip into a much more local-sounding yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But the kind and, of shop you're in as well, like... Well, no, all of them. Any, oh, anywhere yeah. I worked, if I did what how I speak now, naturally, like, this is, like, probably my most... It's my performance voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, like, quite natural. Like, mm. I'm not putting anything on. But when I worked... In retail, I noticed if I did that accent, people would feel like I was uppity. Even yeah, I like speak posh. that well. Yeah, exactly. Like I really don't speak that yeah. well. So I used to slip into a much more local one when I worked retail. Yeah. <laughs> and then my phone voice, yeah, that's a different person. Like that person, I hate. But when I did telesales, because I was doing getting pay-as-you-go customers onto contracts, mm-hmm. pay-as-you-go customers typically are a bit, again, more like people who live where we live. So a bit more of a local. (laughs) So I found that also my phone voice had to be different depending on who I spoke to. Because I also got through to like very Mm. posh sounding people who were spending like £100 a month on pay as you go. And I was like, why? 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 Because I I don't like contracts. That's that's me. I don't want a contract. I don't don't like contracts. I don't don't spend hundreds of pounds. I don't like being signed in. Well, like these people are like a hundred pounds. Like it's data Mm. when you're on pay as you go isn't cheap. No, like you know that. So and I was I was just like it makes no sense to me. Like you, I was like you have like you must have a mortgage or something. Like you're on the grid. Like why do you need to not have a contract? Like I don't get it. When I worked uh, customer service at the Wine Society, yeah. that was a broad mixture of people. Yeah. So there would be some people that I'd be like, I have to try and pronounce these wines Switch correctly. The <laughs> yeah. And then other people, I'd be like, you just want a red? <laughs> and I incorrectly, <laughs> I incorrectly presumed everyone would be of the posher end mm. because it's subscription wine basically but no it's not cheap wine is it no but it's a it's a big mixture Mm -hmm. of like people but yeah just and then obviously when i worked at betfair Mm. oh having to learn how to pronounce all like the racetracks or everyone would laugh at me on the phone and stuff you know what it was this weird thing happening because obviously where our area is getting a bit gentrified Mm. and also our town is the biggest shopping town for quite a way around 
Like yeah. a lot of people come into it's where not we even live. That great. <laughs> no, but there's just a lot. There's a lot within walking there's distance of the town centre. Yeah. Towards the end of the time where I worked at um, a secondhand gaming store, the clientele started to shift. Mm. So you'd get really like someone would come in and drop a grand and a half like impulsively, and then you'd get other people that were like begging me to sell them a, just like take 20p for a dvd or something yeah yeah and it was like you'd get both in the day mm. which is it was a really weird shift that i started to notice that happened in the two years i was there yeah which was quite interesting like how quickly it starts to happen yeah like it's just crazy isn't it anyway so, so we've <laughs> discussed all our books <laughs> uh listens i i'm still re-listening to skullduggeries because yeah. i can which one are you on now i'm on Bedlam, which is number 12. Yeah. And then I immediately bought the High Mountain Court one when it came out. It's really good. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) However, the Smart Zooms, listening to them on audio, feels a bit weird. Hmm. Because I was like, listening to them aloud while I was working, and it got to that bit, and I was like, just gonna pause this off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've listened to a few. It's a few books experience. like that, yeah, and I'm like, hmm, feels a bit weird. Just like washing up whilst I'm listening to it. <laughs> Especially as like, these are great books, High Mountain Court, but some of the quotes in the sex scenes, oh, like, yeah. he, he he nudged himself at my entrance and like <laughs> all those kind of lines. I'm just like, oh, like, like no matter how grown up I am and no matter how like sex secure I am, I still giggle at those kind of things. <laughs> Or the, the sheathed himself around yeah. me or something. <laughs> I sheathed myself around oh. him. I was like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, lis- I listened to that. I'm not done, though, because I'm actually, like, listening, listening. It's not a sleep listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, proper listen. Mm. In Skullduggery, back to that, because obviously I'm on mm. the serious Skullduggery hype. Yeah. I absolutely still love China. I just love China. I just... She's, obviously, she... I love Skullduggery and Valkyrie, but China and... In the last couple of books, Tanith Blow really jumped up there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like China. She never disappoints. No, she's just as like... the series goes she's on. She's so unapologetically her, and I love it. Um, I like that, honestly, even in the book where I am, Skullduggery and Valkyrie are still having conversations of like, we can trust her now, right? Because <laughs> they're still not... Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, this, sure. Valkyrie's like, well, look at her track record. And Skullduggery's like... Yeah, I've known her for 400 years. <laughs> Here's her track record. Yeah, like... Um, <laughs> In full. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Like, when... Obviously, I don't do any spoilers, but when she was in her library and um, mm. she became aware there were some remnants and it was just really And the way cool she used the library to defend her is so cool. And then she just got, like, in a taxi. So China... Um, it's, it, I don't know if it's, like, a, a power or if it's just her. They never make it clear. Like, everyone falls in love with her, basically. Yeah. And she gets in the back of a taxi and she's like, just drive as far as she can or whatever. And the guy's like, where do you want to go? And then he looks at her and he's like, I'll take you anywhere. And then she's like, can I get can I get changed in the taxi? <laughs> and he's all like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, that's the initial thing that is the proof that, well, not that you need proof, but like the hints that um, Valkyrie does find women attractive because she mm. falls under China's spell a little bit. Well, not you don't see other women. Males yeah. do around her, but yeah she active like she talks about how she tries like she has to remind herself to fight it yeah and anyone else you see falling under china's spell tend to be men yeah yeah well they get into it a bit later 
of like it gets discussed probably around the books where I am in the listens about 12-ish because sorcerers live so long they're not kind of bound by societal expectations yeah. and there's like this discussion of basically all sorcerers end up a little bit by well or I, a little bit pan like it's all it's so kind of like, like anything goes socially constructed it's boring in real yeah. life isn't it like, well like basically the, the the theory in the books is after 400 years you might get curious not? yeah like <laughs> what the consequence is yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of gets discussed a bit later as well, which I thought was kind of cool. And there's this whole, I can't tell you the character because it's a spoiler, but later there's some younger characters in the books, and there's a discussion between them. And one of them, and it, I thought it was just like such a nice way to, I don't know, it it's one of them going to another character. What if I end up being only being only straight for all my life? Aww. What if I'm one of them and I miss out? <laughs> and then. <laughs> That's so funny. And then it's like, and then the character's like, and then then if I liked more people, it's just more people to reject me. So what's the point? But I'd like more options, and I'm really sad I don't have more options. And it's that discussion, and then it's the character who's like comfortably out and stuff, who's going like, you'll get there. You just need to, you know, when you know you've been raised, you won't be straight. Like literally, because they get raised in like the younger characters start out in like human schools like mortal schools but later there's more of a school for them which yeah. is like I can't tell you more without spoiling something so they're in a school that's more full of magical kids <laughs> and yeah it's like it's just wish you've been raised with the mortals yeah the, the boring people you'll you'll <laughs> you'll break free of that eventually it's okay and if you do end up just being straight it's okay and there's this whole conversation and I was like I just love that whole conversation oh, I imagine a world where kids were worried that they would be just straight yeah, like I want more options <laughs> well yeah and it's like you know what if I'm boring he was yeah. like saying Oh, I really love that. And, um, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Anyway. <laughs> so. <Moving on. laughs> we thought we wouldn't have enough to talk about. Oh, well. <laughs> there you go. We thought we'd do like a bit of get to know us stuff. Just because we hadn't read enough this month. Yeah. And we're sure you don't know anything about us. <laughs> we're mysterious. <laughs> and we never share it. Over share it at all. We never share any details. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Free therapy. <laughs> oh, dear. <gasps> I just thought I was like, no, I need to tell you about yeah, it. Oh my god, just so no, it's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> I found out this morning, thanks to TikTok, people have made fan art uh-huh. of Bruno and Mirabel from Encanto. Mm. What? Mm. Ew! <laughs> Ew! Oh, I was like, when I saw Why it. are people making incest fan art? I don't know. And she's a minor, and it's incest, but also, <laughs> and she's a minor. <laughs> She's like 15. <laughs> he's like 40. And he's her uncle. <laughs> That's a secondary point. <laughs> but, yeah. What's wrong with people? It's re- and the worst thing is, it's really pretty drawings <laughs> as well. Oh, no. Like, it's a good artist. Well, a multiple artist, presumably. And that reminds me of, you know, like Supernatural, mm. where there's all this fan art and theories about Dean and Sam. They're the two main guys. Yeah, right? yeah, who are brothers. Oh, are they brothers? I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, there's all this stuff about, like, there's all this fan art and fan theories about, like, subtext that they're screwing. Ah, no! And, they're like, brothers. It, they're brothers! Space Soap, this is where I love Supernatural. So, have you watched it? No. I've okay. never watched 
an episode. It's so good. I intend to. It's just such a long. There's oh, a lot to get having through. Having said now. that, I've literally just restarted Castle from the beginning, which is eight oh, series. So. Oh I didn't. I, I tuned out towards the end and didn't like how it was going. Anyway, um, Supernatural. So basically, in Supernatural, I can't like explain any of this context to you because there's too much to get into. But there's a prophet of God, right? Who's called Chuck. Okay, of course. Who he writes books of what he believes is fiction about these two characters, Sam and Dean. Oh, I think I might have seen some TikToks like alluding to this. Obviously, it didn't make sense to me. But then, basically, these books don't do very well when they first come out, but then they end up having a bit of a cult following, like mm. these things do. And then later on, it comes, and then they just they kind of bring it back for laughs every now and again. <laughs> so then, some school kids who are like really into the books decide to make a play out of it. <laughs> Is this in the show? Oh my god. But then this play, because they're using loads of stuff from supernatural books, but like all the supernatural stuff in there is real, they accidentally invoke a deity. (laughs) And then the supernatural Sam and Dean come to investigate (laughs) a monster hunting a play that's about them. Oh my god. That's played by. And it's all like teenage girls as well, like wearing beards and Ah! stuff. That's brilliant! Oh but then the, he's watching them rehearse and like they've got Sam and Dean like really close together, like talking. And Dean's like, Why why have you done that? Why are they like that? And the writer's just like, oh, subtext. And he's like, They're what brothers! <laughs> and then they write in like Sam and Dean finding fan fiction about them. <laughs> and like they, they do it all the time, like you do know we're brothers, right? Oh. God. And then, like, the whole Castiel and Dean theory as well. <laughs> Basically, it's this huge theory that Dean is bi and just, like, too, their dad's, like, really toxic, so he just would never admit it. Oh, okay. And so there's all these theories. Like, at least Castiel's not related to them. Castiel's an angel, FYI. Um, yeah, but people, like, um, you can you can get, like, Weasley fiction. I just... Ew. Like yeah, each people, let's not, just not to kink shame, but incest is the line, okay? Mm. It is the line. And with Bruno and Mirabelle, <laughs> it's serious grooming as well, so it's like triple lines being crossed, guys. <laughs> About us. <laughs> okay. Alright, so let's start <laughs> Oh here we go. <laughs> Boundaries, guys. <laughs> Okay, so my star sign is Scorpio. What does it mean? Okay. I don't really know much about star signs. Apparently it's a water sign, which I didn't know until I looked this up. (laughs) You know a lot about it then. I don't put too much stock in this kind of stuff. And I also have a brother who's very much against it. Against? He's like, it's all like general tat and it's general enough to reel you in. It's... So your star sign is your sun sign. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm compatible with a Taurus and a Cancer, apparently. Oh, okay. Both of those, are, I avoid like the plague. Mm. I'm with a Taurus, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm only Scorpio over one day, and according to my old driving instructor, oh. I'm not a very good Scorpio. Oh, yeah, your instructor <laughs> was not on board with being a Scorpio. So my strengths are resourceful, powerful, brave, passionate, a true friend. I, I would say that you're a true friend. I kind of zoned out on the rest of my mind. 
I heard resourceful. You're definitely resourceful. Powerful, brave, passionate. Passionate about books. <laughs> passionate, obsessive. Where is the yeah, line? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Weaknesses, distrusting, jealous, manipulative, violent. I wouldn't really attribute any of them to you, if I'm honest. I think if I was my worst self, I could be those things. Hmm. But I don't want to be. But, yeah, that's the point, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. That's the best of the Scorpios and the worst of the Scorpios, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I think I'm quite... I can, can be quite perceptive, and that could be used the wrong way if I wanted hmm. to. I have powers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Scorpio likes truth, facts, being right, talents, teasing, passion. There's an awful lot about Scorpios being passionate. Do you feel like a passionate person? I just get really into stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think passion. You need, you need you need a boyfriend to have that kind of obsession. <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> passionate about myself. Yeah, I'm self-passionate. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you seeing all this list of like all the things? I'm on astrology-zodiacsigns.com. Okay, let me find that for me whilst you're reading about um, yours. Scorpios are passionate and assertive people with determination and focus you rarely see in other zodiac signs. They will turn to in-depth research to reach the truth behind anything they find important. Great leaders and guides, Scorpios are resourceful, dedicated and fearless when there is a challenge to overcome. They will hold on to other people's secrets, even when they aren't very fond of them to begin with, <laughs> and do anything they can for those they tie themselves to. Now, I know this is going to be like general statements, but I feel like that's pretty... That's, 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 that's a pretty good description. Also, it makes me sound like kind of an arsehole. Passionate and assertive. There are any arsehole words when you use them to, like, when men mm. describe themselves that <laughs> um, I've got a friend who always used to say I have a very forceful personality, and I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I think it depends on the situation. <laughs> I think when I was younger, definitely, huh, with annoying men in bars, not so much. No, exactly, situational. But I don't go to bars that often, and when I do, if there's a man with an opinion... No, just don't. We'll leave it now. Just walk away. I'm not going to change anyone's opinion when they're no, drunk in a bar. No. So. And as a general rule, men are never worth arguing with anymore. I have a tangent, but it's the funniest oh, story God, ever. Oh, God, tangent me. So I was out the other week, and I was at a bar, and I had my arms on the, the bar while I was waiting for a drink to get, mm. like, served. And a guy sees my tattoo, and he's like, what do they mean? So I was like, well, one of these is Harry Potter. And he was like, why did you get that? And I was like, oh, that Harry Potter life. Couldn't be able to get into it. And then the other one is obviously my Maya Angelou tattoo, Still I Rise. And I was like, oh, the other ones do with a poet. You probably haven't heard of them. Like, not to be in like, you haven't heard of them kind no, of way, because she's very well known. I don't but really as in, like, I doubt you random man in a bar who's just come up to me. Yeah. And then, I'm a huge fan of poetry. So I was like, you probably haven't heard of them. And I had used a neutral pronoun just by accident. And then he went, Oh, I like his stuff. I was like, do you? And he's like, yeah, I love his stuff. Really clever. I was like, do me a favour, can you just Google him for me? <laughs> and like, so he was like, how do you say it? I was like, it's Maya Angelou. And so I watched this man, tie- and I spelled it for him. Yeah. Into- this is why I'm single. <laughs> so I made him type Maya Angelou into Google. And then this elderly lady... Love him. <laughs> ...comes up, and I was like, now tell me how much you like his 
<laughs> and he was just like, oh, my bad. I was just trying to impress you. Yeah, he just wanted to hit on you. <laughs> Love it. But it was like attention I had not... It was unwanted attention. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I was like, you know what? You're not leaving me alone. So right. I just decided to quietly and destroy. you may think it's a compliment to hassle a woman in a bar, but... Yeah, he'd been asking me, like, loads of questions up till then till we got to here. So I was just like, I'm just going to be a bit mean for a second. Yeah, oh my God, I love that. (laughs) It was just like, it made me laugh so much. I was like, do me a favour, just Google him for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, brilliant. Um, So anyway. (laughs) So I'm an Aquarius, which is the best star sign, obviously. Of course. (laughs) So I'm, and this is what I like about, so Aquarius is a bit of a... Mm. A floaty kind of star sign. <laughs> so I'm a water carrier, but I'm an air sign. Okay. Just a... It's so weird. Like, I don't understand why how Scorpio is a water sign, because I would have thought... Like, everything's about how, like, angry and passionate we are. Mm. But we're a water sign, and I would have thought that would be, like, a fire sign. Yeah. Because it's fiery to me. Fiery, yeah. So my strengths are progressive. Nice. Mm. Original, independent, and a humanitarian. Ooh. See, I do feel like... I know that people say it's just random stuff. I do feel like I do quite. Mm. My weaknesses. Runs from emotional expression. <laughs> temperamental. Uncompromising and aloof. I mean. <laughs> I was so correct, to be fair. You're um, just like the human equivalent of a cat. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so I like fun with friends. Risky business. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> Fighting for causes and intellectual conversations. I mean, they're all just nice things to like. Yeah. And I dislike limitations, broken promises, being lonely, <laughs> dull or boring situations. I, I mean, this calling that's you pretty out directly. Stand- yeah. That's standard for everyone, surely. <laughs> but I do genuinely feel like I am. You're not a shallow conversations person. Of a, an Aquarius, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> and I always have been. I've like, always felt very Scorpio. Yeah. Aquarius is a sign different from the rest of the zodiac, and people born with their sun in it feel special. This makes them eccentric and energetic in their fight for freedom, or at times shy and quiet, afraid to express their true personality. In both cases, they're deep thinkers and highly intellectual people who will fight for idealistic causes. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I that's literally, <laughs> literally tell anyone that will listen about how I dream of utopia and how like, that is what I want for the world. <laughs> guys, guys, let's just love like, each other. We should just, oh, like, I will actively argue with people about how currency should be got rid of because it was just made up. And yeah, blah, blah, it doesn't blah. mean anything. It's imaginary. And people should be allowed, like, there shouldn't be borders around countries and people mm. should be allowed to travel and live where they want. You should yeah. be restricted by where you're born. <laughs> so this is just me, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone just reading into it, but yeah. I just think... And all the other Aquariuses I know... Well, actually, no. Most of the other Aquariuses I know are quite similar to me. Yeah, there's a whole Scorpio section about relationships and it's just literally... Oh my God, yes. Tell me. Oh, hang on. I want to find the bit that I was like, this is rude. Do you know what we didn't look up that we should have looked mm-hmm. up? Our, like, lunar new year thing. Oh, yeah. I think my my animal, I don't like my animal. <laughs> I know I looked it up once and I was a bit disappointed. You're like, no. It's not a fun animal. So my, my in, iPhone's in, doing its thing. Intellectual stimulation is by far the greatest aphrodisiac for an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like your mind. <laughs> Talk to me more, big brain. <laughs> I like big brains. I cannot lie. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. I'm gonna test to see if we were be a good match. Let's have a look. I don't think I don't think Aquarius was on my list of. It would be truly intense. I mean, we have quite an intense <laughs> friendship to be fair. <laughs> but before before the podcast made us talk to each other, it'd be like hang out a lot, silence. Yeah, <laughs> hang out a lot, silence. Definitely. <laughs> God. Oh, this is the bit. I don't know where I read it. Where it was like calling out. So me being distrustful and how on earth is it possible for two honest and straightforward individuals such as Scorpio and Aquarius to have such a problem with trusting each other <laughs> I'm very trusting of you <laughs> lucky we're not in a romantic relationship <laughs> so there you have it yeah with friends I want honesty and a straightforward approach coloured with intense emotions oh that's me that's what makes me a good friend to you apparently uh, that you... They are dedicated, loyal and intelligent and feel the best in the company of witty and fun people who bring love and colour into their lives. I like love and colour. Sure. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I'm not going to read all of it. There's all the stuff about how, oh, how to attract a Scorpio uh-huh. man. I didn't screenshot that bit, but... Scorpio men are tedious... Confident and intense. If you're a Scorpio man, tell us. <laughs> you're tedious. You're tedious, apparently. That is so funny. Oh my god. See, I'm compatible with Cancer, Virgo, Capricorn, and Pisces, apparently. Um, I'm not sure what I'm compatible with. I just think it's just my oh, um, Leo and Sagittarius. Mm. Oh, my lucky number. This is four, and that is actually my favourite number. That's cool. I didn't know you had a favourite number. Yeah. Four, <laughs> oh, you know. And my son's was 14, now it's 40. <laughs> That's okay. my favourite number. I've also got my moon sign. Yeah. I am an Aquarius. My moon sign. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice, nice, nice. Let's see what I am. Aquarius moons are deep thinkers. So much so that you tend to get lost in thought. People think of you as a worry wart. Interesting, I haven't heard that phrase in a while. Spending <laughs> oh, way you too much did time. Used to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Spending way too much time overthinking until they make very little sense to you. <laughs> You're like, ah. I overthink, but not about things normal overthinkers think about. That makes sense. And not in an anxiety way. way. No. I just like to have a good think about something. I just like to have a good thing. I like to also create entire imaginary scenarios. Oh, I love it. And like plan my my responses. (laughs) Oh, that's so brilliant. And things that would never happen. Yeah. 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 So whether that's being a Scorpio or anxiety, we'll we'll never know. (laughs) Oh my god. (sighs) So I'm a Virgo. Yeah. So it says practical attentive to details capable of keeping things in order finding and rectifying problems likes pets enjoys to collect and systemize just anything and hates chaos although often uh, creates it I would... yeah you create chaos there we go <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> and I do enjoy um, creating loads of excel systems for no reason well, and you just like, live in chaos my... and don't use them and all of my planners and stuff yeah <laughs> Um, apparently Aquarius moons are compassionate oh nice but also keep their own emotions to themselves 
Yeah, why not? <laughs> Assertive again. Mm-hmm. Independent. Does that complement what it was saying about Scorpio? Mm, you also said I was assertive. I think yeah. the independent wasn't there. Hmm. Yeah, Aquarius moons wouldn't be suited in a career that needs thinkers and problem solvers. Work well in tech writing codes and working business scenarios where the arise and need quick solutions. <laughs> no, thank you. You probably would do quite well with like coding or something. I think if I'm, I enjoyed repetitive yeah. activities, that's the problem. Is I don't like, I find repetitive stuff quite boring. So that's where I struggle. Mm. But like, I've had to figure out how to code for works emails because yeah. we have custom coded HTML emails. Of course, of course. Of course. So I've had to learn like basics, but I can't do much. Mm. But because no one's ever trained me on how to do it, it's a lot of self learning. <laughs> yeah. Lots of Googling a problem and copying and pasting the code. I've just seen that I have a good memory. No, that's entirely incorrect. <laughs> I think I think there's other brain things getting in the way there. <laughs> My memory does not exist. I could be overcritical and sometimes highly strong. <laughs> I, I, I think you're overcritical of yourself. Yeah. I think I used to be very overcritical of other people. Mm. I've definitely relaxed so much more in my old age <laughs> you're right. I think it's when you get older and you realise you're not going to fix anyone so it's just like yeah. keep it to yourself and honestly like no one needs their flaws pointed out like I, I remember when I was like in my last office job I job shared the role and we got an email like saying oh this has gone wrong in, in your role um, blah blah so I emailed back and I was like I'm so sorry I promise it won't happen again blah, blah. my manager was like was it you and I was like I don't think so. And he was like, why are you apologising? And I was like, does it matter? Like, <laughs> like now I'm just at that stage where I'm yeah. like, oh, whatever. Like, I just kind of want everything to be s- simple, really. I'm just mm. like, I, I will... Just, just don't have the energy to care. No. Like, like you yeah. say, you care so much like, about stuff. I, I'm very open with just being like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Even if I don't think it was my fault. Because I just don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started doing this thing. I read this thread on, like, how to apologise less in the workplace as a woman. Mm. So I've, like, started doing this thing of, like, say if you take too long too long to send someone something, you don't say sorry for the delay, you say thank you for your patience. Oh, yeah. And, like, those little things. That's, like, the kind of stuff I learnt in um, retail. Like, you yeah. don't say sorry for the wait, you say thank you for waiting. Yeah. But just doing that in an email context and a business context. I've seen a lot of people say, like, as a woman in the workplace, you've got to stop following everything up with does that make sense mm-hmm. because you know it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am guilty of that. I'm guilty of that a lot as well. Yeah. And like I've noticed in my emails, I might write something and then I'll be like, does that make sense to you? Or do I need to reword it? Yeah. I'm like, no, it makes complete sense. I over-explain. Like, I have to go yeah. back through my emails and remove stuff. And also, like, I do too many exclamation marks. Mm. So now I have a rule of one exclamation mark in email. <laughs> I've started trying to be a bit, not abrupt, but more like to the point with my how emails. Many email how many emails? How I get emails, yeah. basically, yeah. Yes, I've definitely tried to... I found a thread on how like how to rephrase things so you're not doing like all the softening phrases. No, because it doesn't help. No. It's just how we've been, unfortunately, taught by society to be. When it, honestly, when I worked for the NHS, the way you have to email there, you can't... Like, people are so sensitive... And I feel like this is why nothing gets done, because you have to pussyfoot around so much in your emails, especially if you are a lower band emailing a higher band. So for context for non-UK people, the NHS, which is our healthcare system, people within it are paid via 
the different bands. Mm. So I think band one to band eight. Band eight are like executive level. Have their own parking They get paid like 80k. Like they're big deals. Yeah. And then the disparity between sort of band three and band five, the jump is massive. You're talking Mm. like a 20k difference. Well, no, not band five. But like the disparity between some of the lower bands and the bigger bands, considering it's not, and you can't think, move up um, them. I think it's so hard to do it by bands yeah. as well. I think they have a similar setup. It's so hard to move up the banding; they made it harder mm. to move up. You you have to have done something extraordinary, essentially. Yeah, and like years of service doesn't mean get you really moved up the banding anymore. Like it's so weird. But if you were a lower band emailing a higher band, you had to like really dance around, being direct, and it's yeah. so weird. And it's just so hierarchical. Mm. I don't care what they say. <laughs> of course they are. Anyway, moving swiftly um, on. Yeah, what should we do next? I've got love language. Oh, go on, yeah. So this may be, uh, when I did this test, this may be a very much skew the results of this, I feel, because of what was going on in life. Mm. But um, acts of service is I, my biggest one. I've got 33% of acts of service. 29%. I've got 27% on words of affirmation. Oh, this one did like little pictures. Yeah, words of affirmation. Mm. That's green. Then, that's twenty six percent. Yeah, and then I got physical touch and quality time next at seventeen percent each. Quality time was twenty three percent, and then for some reason I really liked gifts. Twenty three percent. I think I just like to think. But I think gifts for me is like someone's thinking of me. Yeah. Because I always feel like really touched mm. when someone's remembered something I like and give me a present to do with it. Yeah. Like. Even yeah, if it's, it's like the yeah, it's not the actual gift of it. It's the fact that someone's thinking. It's like I remember this was your favorite chocolate, so I just bought it while I was in yeah. the shop. That's that kind that, of gift, yeah. not like so, extravagant mm. gifts to me. So, uh, and what's uh, it's got orange? But I didn't screenshot it. Orange what's the other is one? Physical touch. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think I was really. I know I'm not a tactile person, really, mm. but I've got zero. Oh, for physical. Don't even, like, need any? So you've not been touch starved during lockdown? I do, like, sometimes I just like, I just want to hug, but yeah, I don't not. know, I have pets to annoy, so yeah. I feel like that's enough for me. <laughs> so, yeah. But in relationships, I'm not like, do not touch me, though. No, no, but you just don't crave it, maybe? Like, I'll, you know, I'll cuddle on the sofa, but I won't feel like we've lost out if we didn't. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm not going to be sat there like he hates me. Mm. Yeah. My, my biggest one is acts of service, and then words of affirmation before i was a mum my biggest like acts of service was was yeah. up there it was words of affirmation and physical touch were my top mm. two but since becoming a mum obviously acts of service i do a lot for my child obviously yeah. and so if someone does something for me without being asked that means a lot to me now apparently it means a lot to me yeah <laughs> i don't really know you know if i come home and the washing and the washing up is done yeah that would mean more to me than a present. Yeah. Yeah, so I think presents for me is definitely the remembering something, yeah. which is the same as acts of service. Yeah, remembering it's just remembering that something, something needs to be done or noticing something needs to be done and doing it to make my life easier. Like, the division of tasks in our house is sometimes <clears throat> not super even or it's just like, I don't know, I forget to bring a cup down from the bathroom mm. and someone else will tell me, oh, yeah, I noticed that cup, it's gone mouldy. And I'm like, why is why it still in the bathroom then? What would it have cost yeah. you to take it downstairs? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you keep leaving mouldy cups in the bathroom. I was like, yeah, I recognise that's a floor of mine. I keep forgetting about the cups in the bathroom. However, you, an adult, noticed it. You, yeah, Just you take it downstairs. 
like what does it cost you so that's I think that's where it comes for me yeah is sometimes being the girl of the children (laughs) (laughs) means there's certain expectations on me to always be the one who is remembering and noticing it's like expected of me yeah definitely and when it's the boys and the men in the house not doing it it's like well of course they wouldn't stay for a bit yeah Mm. of course they wouldn't so I think especially at the time there was a lot going on in the family so there was a lot of acts of service expected of me for other people yeah and I was in this whole space of like okay like I'll spend a lot of my time taking care of people and then if I move out and get in my own space I was like am I gonna want to have a partner or a kid in that space when I literally just I'm still not in my own space as an adult and then I'm gonna have to take care of someone else well, and I had this whole ex- existential me, crisis yeah, yeah. <laughs> I live in absolute chaos mm. like my entire life is chaos I've kind of learned to just deal with it now Mm. I've kind of learned to just, just accept that that is our channeled family chaos. life. Yeah. So it's not like going off the tracks. It's kind of just <laughs> picking different tracks quite a lot. <laughs> so our family bed is very much a family bed. <laughs> um, I have, me and my partner have quite different kind of sleep schedules. Mm. He stays up quite a lot the later night than owl, me. Yeah. I go to sleep with a big giant squash mallow that I squish yeah. when I go to sleep. And then at some point, usually, our son will come into the bed and he'll bring his little, he's got a little Peter Rabbit mm. teddy. And now he also sleeps with a toy of a Transformer, so that's fun. <laughs> so they come into the bed. Um, and we've got two cats. And one of the cats sleeps on the bed the, all night. Yeah. And the other morning, I woke up, and so there was my squashmallow, obviously three people, yeah, me, my partner, and my son, Peter Rabbit, and the cat had brought his teddies onto the bottom of the bed. Oh and I was like... It's just pure chaos yeah. everywhere. Like the cat literally bought his little teddies and was just laying on his teddies at the bottom of the bed. And my son said to my partner, Daddy, you don't have a teddy. You can have one of mine if you want. <laughs> because it, we, I was saying, Daddy's the only one without a teddy yeah. in this bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, my parents' bed, when we had the three dogs, before Maddie got too old to come up the stairs anymore, mm. and we had to kind of scale it back and like, we couldn't. We, we tried mm. having the two younger ones up and keeping Maddie down, oh, but then with the gates, no, she didn't care. Oh, honestly, okay. as soon as we were like, "You can't come up," she was like, "Ah, fair." It's too much effort, anyway. Um, <laughs> I think she had reached that point of like, "Don't care, I can't be bothered." Yeah. But then the two younger ones, whenever they hear a sound, they come crushing down the stairs, and the gate was across to stop Maddie coming up. So it just became a bit too complicated. So everyone had to sleep downstairs, but before that, they had two dogs in the bed one on the floor also cats yeah <laughs> and it was like in two humans and now the rule about the gate for night time has kind of stayed yeah. if both of them are home if my dad's on night shift the pets are allowed up yeah yeah and like if i walk around the house i will tread on a toy yeah. either a child or a kid's toy uh, in this child house you a, just a, a, a pet's toy and i'm just trip like over a dog and a cat every now. two seconds yeah it's just chaos it's fine okay so okay, give me your should we do Enneagram next? Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. Yeah. So I, I I am a two. Mm, same. The helper. Oh, the giver. I've got it written ah. as. But yeah, it depends on where you go. They give them different names. Do you know what your wing is? No, because I couldn't find one where you could find that out for free. Um, I'll send you a link to mine. My wing is one, the perfectionist. I've got it. So I've got this little chart which is like my my type in depth which shows you the different colours yeah so you're what you're number two so your mm. wing is number three 
What does that mean? The Achiever is called on my one. So for this is the, the helper, Enneagram type 2, the carer, interpersonal type, generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing and possessive, which seems like a mix of things, to be honest. My Yeah, let me see what it says on mine, because obviously we're both type 2. Let's see yeah. if it's... Um, I haven't got many screenshots of that. It says a warm smile and eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Approachable, radiates kindness, local volunteer or activist, excellent team player, caring and gentle, nurturing and patient... <laughs> Smooth, flowing movements. <laughs> like oh, a little dancer. Type 2s make up approximately 11% of the population. Oh, what they say? Women are more likely to be type 2 than men. So, on this website, we're called The Givers. Yeah. Are highly empathetic and caring individuals who put others' needs above their own. They have intuitive abilities to anticipate the emotional gaps of others and support them. I am definitely definitely falling prey to putting other people's needs above my own many a time to my detriment yeah like i'm always very aware of if like if there's a lot going on at a party and all my friends are feeling a bit mm. and i'm like i'm just aware of all of them yeah and what they're all and i can't i can't just enjoy the no, night yeah because i'm exactly, just like you're aware. everyone's feeling a type of way mm-hmm. and i feel the need to fix that rather than actually enjoy myself <laughs> yes exactly so they find great joy in being available and seen as a source of encouragement or a shoulder to cry on. Through thick and thin, they're a ride or die companion and friend. I'd say that's oh, pretty. We're so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an unhealthy number two. Yeah. May look like a person who is selfless in a superficial way. Or someone who supports and gives to others at the expense of themselves. Oh, no, that's mm. me. <laughs> Sometimes me. Apparently, we're... we're part of the heart-based triad Mm. so there you go um and then i did i don't know if you've done this one the myers-briggs one yeah i am an infp which is the mediator and the healer i've got that as well yeah so i got dash t which means i'm just like an infp no dash oh i've got screenshots depends on the website you do it on again did i i thought i'd screenshot that bit my bad guys i'm sure i had say the mediator is someone who possesses the introverted intuitive feeling and prospecting personality types these rare personality types tend to be quiet open-minded and imaginative and they apply a caring and creative approach to everything they do so yeah this is i got this one which has like percentages of everything so infp the healer 55 percent introvert 66% 66% intuition, 77% feeling, and 88% perceiving, which is great words to say fast. Oh, that was the words I just read out, yeah. General uh, strengths... Oh, no. That's <laughs> not... I was like just about to read strengths, and I haven't screenshot any of the... Strengths, I've got empathetic, generous, open-minded, creative, passionate, idealistic. Yeah, the careers were all like a creative career, which is kind of where we both are. Um, and then I've got the weaknesses. Have you got weaknesses? Or should I read what it's Didn't it? screenshot that. So weaknesses. Unrealistic, self-isolating, unfocused, emotionally vulnerable, desperate to please and self-critical. <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so when I first, it was Enneagram, when I first discovered it because of a podcast I like, they did their Enneagrams and then I yeah. made all my friends do theirs. Yeah. But we did, I did the quiz with a friend and I was answering the questions because I was, I was reading them aloud and like, 
like she was helping me decide which one I am but there was ones that were like more intrinsic ones where she was going oh I don't think you're that and I was like no I am <laughs> <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> there's a lot you know there's just no point voicing no one wants you to sit there and like sit, like hear that stuff so and she's like I had no idea you felt that way and mm-hmm. I was like I'm just yeah so on this website that I done it you get given an A or a T after and it means mm. assertive or turbulent mediator Oh, no, I did. That's an introduction. Uh, the mediator INFP is someone who is, possesses the introverted, intuitive feeling and prospecting personality traits. These rare personality types tend to be quite quiet, which I don't think is true, uh, open-minded, yes, and imaginative, and they apply a caring, creative approach to everything they do. They might seem quiet and un- unassuming. Mediators have vibrant, passionate, passionate inner, inner lives, Mm-hmm. creative and imaginative they happily lose themselves in daydreams dissociation <laughs> inventing all sorts of stories and conversations in their mind uh, these personalities are known for their sensitivity oh I've just found so I, just I did have that. the percentages all right. I did make a note of them so introverted 82% so that's more than me isn't it yeah. which isn't a shock <laughs> intuitive 86% Feeling 74, prospecting 60, and then on this one it gives you a turbulent or assertive, and I got turbulent 74. Hmm. Hmm, there we go, then. Interesting. So I don't know if that did help anyone learn about us, but. I don't know. I don't know if it even helped us learn about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. <laughs> um, did I have any others? <clears throat> I'm just trying to have a look at my screenshots. I thought this was a great system, screenshotting them. <laughs> Turns out, not, not so really helpful. Can't find them quickly. <laughs> No, I think I don't have any others. Yeah. So, That's did you enjoy really. that? Did you enjoy your another therapy session with us? Do yours and then let us know. <laughs> yeah. What, what type? I'd be interesting if the types of our audience is similar. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. I wonder. And from what you know about us, does that sound right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's also like <clears throat> it's going to match what you think of yourself because it's what you think of yourself. Yeah, so exactly. this could also just be completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can read it and be like, nah. <laughs> but then, like when I did the enneagram, and then I was reading it out to my friends, and they were like, actually, like that type does sound like you. Yeah. So I felt I thought it was quite. Feedback from friends was it was like, quite accurate. I mean, we had the same one, so I think yeah. it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird though because we are quite similar and also quite different. Yeah, like yeah. you're definitely obviously more introverted than me. <laughs> yeah, but we are quite similar in a lot of ways. It'd be like if, yeah, basically if you went to drama with the kid. Or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if I'd been forced to come out of my shell as a child. Yeah, I was more extroverted when I was younger, for sure. I was. I've got. Uh, it's got worse than I've got older. Yeah. Um, well, not worse actually, because I wouldn't say that this is worse. But I remember I was always uncomfortable when I forced myself to. See, I don't remember ever feeling uncomfortable or like stressed about it. But I think I must have been. Yeah. Because this feels much more, like a much more neutral state for me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And also, I used to uh, drink way too much, so that helped with the whole... Yeah. Going out and interacting with people. (laughs) But all the things... Yeah, I don't know if you just grow out of it, but all the things I used to really enjoy about going out, I'm now like, just shut up. (laughs) I like pubs with a bit of music. I like to be able to sit down, 
but I like to be able to talk to people, but I like there to be a little bit of music in case I don't want to talk to people. Mm. I think that's all I want in life now. And if they do some good little snacks. <laughs> I used to like, I don't know, when it was just, like, easy fun. Yeah. It's not always, like, careless fun anymore. No, so, no. like, going out and dancing just used just to be fun. Yeah. easy. And now, I don't know, the older you get, the more more baggage people yeah, bring exactly. with them to a night yeah. out. <laughs> Definitely and I not. used to go out and I'd know like everyone and I used to enjoy that. Yeah. Now if I see someone I know when I'm out with you my friends <laughs> and I'm like, please don't come over, please don't yeah. come over. Sorry I, if you knew me from school. <laughs> but don't approach me. I don't want I don't uh, want <laughs> I much prefer like um cocktails over lunch now, that's my kind of vibe. Yeah. I'm like a because I'm I'm a late I'm a late afternooner. Mm. not quite a morning person yeah. so for me like I don't know I just woke up three hours ago having drinks with you at 12 feels weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah three o'clocker makes more sense to me yeah, exactly I don't want to be going out I don't want to be there anymore. till I don't want to be there till the lights come up no oh because god no also they're all they're all so much younger than me and, yeah and I'm tired <laughs> all, I want to go to they're bed they're all 10 years younger yeah. than me they're wearing like I've tried. I've tried Gen Z fashion. It just doesn't suit me. Nineties yeah. fashion didn't suit me in the nineties. It certainly doesn't suit me now. Of course, yeah, it's nineties fashion. I can't do my makeup like you do. No. I don't care to learn either. So I just feel. And then when they're in the loos, you know, do you remember when you used to go to the loos and there used to be an mm. older person in their twenties who'd give you like life advice and the things yeah. you're discussing? I you're now, I now have to resist the impulse because they'll be talking about something <laughs> and they'll be going like, "Is it a red flag?" And I just want to be like, "Yes, yes, it is." Like <laughs> I was at, I was at Starbucks a few months ago doing because I work sometimes in the cafes because I find it hard to work from home. And there were these two girls talking about like her plans with her boyfriend and that they'd broken up and what they And he was like taking her to a hotel in an airport out of town because it was a cheap hotel and like what? all this and, and and everything she was talking about. And I just wanted to be lean over and be like, just don't. This isn't okay. Yes. <laughs> Nothing you're talking don't about. Not like the cheap hotel. That's not what I'm saying. No. But like they, a lot of the things she was saying about this boy of like things that happened between them and why they broke up and now they're back together. And I was like. Run. Just stay broken up. Run. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Um, yes, we will speak to you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>